Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Saturdays in Tassie with David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back. Oh, it's fabulous to be back. Good morning to everybody, wherever you're listening around Tasmania, around the world. Saturdays in Tassie is back for 2024. David Lithgow with you this morning. Welcome back to the show for Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. We're coming live to you from Choices Flooring in Hobart. There's a sport agenda which probably would take up 10 hours, but we've got two hours. And what better person to do it with is a former international looking vibrant, <coughs> reasonably tan, salt mm. and pepper beard. Mm. Good morning to Brett Jeeves. Great to see you, David. Haven't spoken to you for a few weeks. That it's, it's been a by design. It's been a I'm uh, sure it's by design. Very quiet, very quiet interactions between you and I since yes. our since our last uh, our last show. I hope you had a great Christmas. It was well. I've spoken to you since then. Let's it was uh, it was cool to see you girls down at the taste. Yes. Geez, it all happens fast, doesn't it? The, the world and life. And mm. the last time I saw you girls, they were six and seven, and we're having dinner in Launceston, and then yeah, they're all plates. Now they're driving and... Mm, gosh. gosh. Exactly right. Uh, sad state of affairs. But no, great to be back and, and geez, there's been a lot going down. And, and we've, full, got a, we've got a full book. Full book. Full book today. So well, run, who have we got? Tell us. You well, can take over, mate. Oh, I haven't got the run sheet. But okay, I, I, well, no, well, let, let me guess. Let, let's see how observant I've been across yep. the last 24 hours. We've got Kath McCann at 8.20. She's going to join us here at Choices that, Florida in the studio. And that's how committed she is. She's a legend. And wh- where are we again? Choices Flooring Hobart. Choices Flooring Hobart. Yes. So for all your carpeting, tiling and uh, carpeting needs. And I think that's about the the, the retail offering. Yes. Carpet choices. Um, so, Kath McCann at 8.20. We're going to chat with Jake Weatherald, who put on an absolute masterclass Amazing. against the Hobart well, he, Hurricanes. Well, he started this tournament, so we were calling the cricket, of course, so poorly, and then he flipped the switch. Well, it's, it'd be interesting. And, you know, the, the, the question is, where, where did that come from? It's mm. been it, it's you know, a slow start to the season. He's down here playing for Tassie, and um, it's it's been a bit of a struggle for him. It's yes. a good second 11 runs uh, just before Christmas, so, you know, maybe that was a catalyst. But uh, I heard Tim Payne say yesterday he should be in the Shield team. I'm not I'm not with Tim on that one. Sure. Just just yet. Well, they're on top of the ladder in fairness. Hard to argue with Tim when it comes to cricket. He's a he's a worldly very knowledgeable human. Got, gets good intel, but yeah, I'm I'm not a I'm a bit of a traditionalist there, David. I know you are as well. For for red ball runs, you've got to score uh, well, for Red Bull selection, you've got to score Red Bull. By the runs. way, that I'd starts like to today, that. and that's uh, the mm. Shield. The Tigers are back up and going against Queensland up at the Gabba in that ladder, which is so tight, they're on top of the ladder. I think that's mm. probably a reason why Jake can't get into the team. Mark Radford, we're going to chat yes. to as well. They put on a, a bit of a defensive masterclass, back to the the Jackies of old a little bit against Cairns. They, well, they really shut them down, didn't they? They did, yeah. Concerns over Will Magnay and... Well, broken get, rib, punctured lung, potentially. So we'll get a bit of intel there from, from Mark. We hope so. Yes, indeed. I don't think his ribs are broken or cracked, is my understanding. So that's a good sign. Whether he can front up tomorrow night is a different conversation. What would you have done with your arms raised with a ball of steel like McCall running through you? That was an old-fashioned... There's an old-fashioned hip and shoulder in Abelstow's, wasn't it? Well, I was surprised it wasn't a, an unsportsmanlike. Well, he, yeah, he, he was on the move and hit him flush side on. It was oh. a, it was a pretty it was a pretty nasty incident. I, I thought uh, I thought the jack jumpers handled it quite well. That that normally sparks a brawl. That that type yeah. of action, um, but. I guess they they had the lead, and there's no point in getting suspensions after you know once you've you've pummeled a team. Uh, I, I just, and he's such a tough, thick set dude, McCall. Too. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's kind of wire, wiry, isn't he? He's got he's a, hard. Yeah, and we're going to chat with Brent Crawford uh, from awesome. the the uh, the Turf Tasmanian Turf Club. Uh, so that'll be a, a good chat as well from Taz Racing. So much to talk about. Um, 
I've been watching heaps of basketball, Brett, mm. and I've been watching the Tassie under-20 men that made it through the semi-finals. They got blown away in their last round game, of course, against um, Victoria, but they bounced back against Victoria Navy, so they're into the semi-finals as well. I noticed just a point of topic, um, question without notice to you, I noticed today the Tassie under-18 boys and girls team was picked. In the girls, it's sort of a bit of a mix from kids all over the Tassie. In the boys... I'm tipping they're from the northwest. Mate, I think there's like eight from the northwest <laughs> coast. It's incredible. Six from Launceston, yeah. two from Hobart. Yeah. But I want to talk to Mark Radford about this because he's from the coast, played footy down there, I think coached footy down at Rosebury maybe as well. Um, it's amazing. The, the kids from the coast, and hello to everybody listening in Devonport, Alveston, Smithton, Penguin, and all these great towns up there. I could, it, it just keeps happening. The, it, the northwest coast is, is the basketball mecca of Tasmania. It's, and it's always been that way. It has. It's always, always. been that way. And, and I, it's why I really love the... Uh, the concept from the jack jumpers around the bloodlines, and in, you know, in, insure, ensuring that um, the, the families and the and, and, and the people, the strong representation from that region, um, were recognised as 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 the strongest contributors to to Tasmanian basketball. So, uh, yeah, look, it's 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 a thing up there. It was interesting. I saw some um, uh, an article during the week about uh, Jacob Furphy, who's yes. catching some eyes and, and doing very nicely. Sam Vecini, is that the one you saw? There? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah that would have been on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was. Um, so he's he's doing some nice things, um, which is great. It's great to see young Tasmanian athletes uh, prominent in conversation, particularly Absolutely. you know for for the NBA, it's it's become enormous. Oh, has. Um, you know, and and on uh, and and I think that there was a really healthy trend and growth um, in Australia for the for the NBA prior to you know the, the the NBL really taking off again. For sure, but but certainly in Tassie, um, you know, with the with the jack jumpers, that's that's only increased. Uh, I, I think the the want for NBA. News and games and Absolutely. fellowship. Mm. Uh, I've been at Bridport, by the way. We've gone to the northwest coast. I spent a week up in beautiful Bridport. I saw your mum and dad. Yeah, uh, they, holidaying, ca- they, they came um, Thursday night as the ADK winds kicked I in. Think blown an absolute gale up there. They look well. Yeah, they're doing nicely. The pairs, they're uh, good on them for getting away. Uh, that's fine. I'll look after my kids. You guys just just enjoy yourselves. Yeah, that's fine. What I'll tell you what um, people don't talk about is Kath McCann's going to come in. She's walking in. We're going to speak to Kath in about 10 minutes' time. People, do, have you been spent some time in Bridport? Only for golf. Have you actually gone into Bridport and gone down to Eastman's Beach or Mermaid's Beach or... Any of that? No, no, I don't venture beyond the Do yourself the a favour. Now, I'm very biased. Um, I have been living in that part of the world my, well, for the, my first part of my life, but um, it is some of the nicest beaches in the world at Bridport. We're very fortunate, us Tasmanians. We've got pockets of... Do you know, I remember when I was in Melbourne. Sorry, I'm sidetracking here. Well, but I was just I, wondering if there was a certain... No, where, 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 the, where the sport was in this, but... Well, I was in Melbourne, and when I was living there doing the footy stuff, and people said, what do you miss about Tassie? And I said, oh, beaches. And people would just laugh at me. I just got a reminder of that. Spending a week in Bridport was absolutely fantastic. Where I will go now, Brett, is the finals are going to be happening here for the Tassie under uh, 20 boys, and they're playing Queensland in the semi-final, and Victoria playing South Australia again. So they just keep, keep batting above their... Group, their quality, and the kids are just absolutely brilliant. It's a it's a good thing. The only thing I've noticed with those kids, that under twenty boys, they're like relying heavily on those three young stars, aren't they? Furphy. Well, that's a bit of a basketball thing, isn't Savage it? Savage and if Brewer. You've, you've got your you know every squad. I mean, look at the Dallas Mavericks as an example. They've got. Uh, Luca and Kyrie, and outside yes. of that, they're complete dust. Um, yes. So, you know, I think that, that that's pretty standard for a squad to rely heavily on three offensive players, and yes. then you, you, you kind of surround them with your, with your quality defenders, which, you know, knowing that the Tasmanian DNA in sport, that's right. uh, defense is king, oh, and absolutely. collecting a body and maybe a, a sharp elbow um, McCall style. But, uh, no, they're, they're doing beautifully.
hopefully. And and I'm really keen to, you know, it's a great point you make around the Northwest uh, connection for basketball. Be interesting to hear from Mark around Definitely. why. Mm. Definitely. Did you watch cricket last night? No. I didn't catch it, unfortunately. No. no. I'm not sure many did. Low crowd, 15,000, I think, at mm. the MCG was reported. Great. I believe it still rates quite well at ODI cricket. Unbelievable to see uh, Xavier Bartlett and his uh, yes. debut, I think, four for 19. Yep. Did he take off his 10 overs? I mean, they're, they're incredible and numbers. get this. He hadn't played a one-day game of any form in over 12 months. <laughs> 15 months, I think. I don't. I don't mind the the T Twenty transition into into white ball cricket. There's, yes. you know, and and that's worked particularly for Xavier Bartlett. And important for him and the young people listening is that speed doesn't have to be a, your your key asset. For you, sure, you can be one thirty k's. If you can swing it and yeah. hit a good length, you're that's in the right. game. And, and that's exactly what Xavier Bartlett does. Well, they won easily, uh, Australia. Two for 232, chasing 231. Josh Inglis went bonkers to start things. He made 65 of 43. And then Cameron Green was 77. Steve Smith was 79. Back in his familiar spot at number four. Uh, they got the job done easy. What did you think of the test last week? Wasn't it awesome? Well, I just want to quickly say, Xavier, a quick shout-out to Xavier Doherty, who no longer holds the best figures for a Xavier on debut for Australia, uh, and he would be devastated by that. What, that was, what was, that, was his, that was his record. He was holding that. Was that against Sri Lanka? Uh, four for 40 against Sri Lanka. Because yeah. Yeah. he got... Um he got Sega Car out too. Oh, he didn't got he? them all. He got them all out. Yeah. Didn't he? No, ask him. Uh, so yeah, quick, quick shout out to the X man. He'd be sh- woke, woke up. He would have woke up a, a shattered man this morning. But uh, great debut from Xavier Bartlett. The Test match. There needed to be a third. That's the simple answer. Why? Who, what? What sort of series is a two ta- Test match series? What are we doing? What's going on? Third Test match in Hobart would have been perfect. Yes. Not that we wouldn't have wanted to have a job and work there and um, talk about some cricket. It's, course, not, a, it's not about us, David, and not. us reminiscing on stories of Britain Porters <laughs> when we're kids. But a, th- a third test yes. was an absolute no-brainer. I, I think ultimate disrespect to the Windies. Uh, let's set up the schedule. We'll roll them in two tests. It'll be two nil, and we'll move forward. Um, what what a what an unbel- what an explosion. Um, from that young West Indian Fantastic. superstar um, Joseph. Uh, he that was special. All right, let's have a break. Kath McCann's coming up very shortly. Mark Radford to join us after nine. Brent Crawford and Jake Weatherald from the Tassie Tigers. Big show planned. David Lithgow, Brett Jeeves. Great to be back for a Saturday morning. This is Saturdays in Tassie with David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves. Tell you who's back, and that is Ethan, our producer, with some vibes early. Great to have you with us here on a Saturday morning, David Lithgow, Brett Jeeves, with you coming to you live from Choices Flooring in Hobart. Without further ado, great to have Kath McCann join us this morning, acting CEO of the AFL team that's going to happen here in Tassie in a few years, men's and women's. Hi, Kath. Good morning. Good morning, Flash. How are you? I'm fantastic, and I'm thrilled to be here with you and Jeevesy this morning. Good on you. Uh, it's great to have you here, mate. And look, you've just you just told us off here. You've just spent a little bit of time in Melbourne. Um, I don't think the words you used was big wigs. It's not too bad to say you you were in the AFL house setup. How was that? Oh, look, I've had a great couple of days. I've yeah. been over there a few times over yes. since since the appointment, and um, I think the enthusiasm and excitement and the support that we're seeing out of AFL house is very humbling but it's also very exciting yes obviously the team over there they, they work with 18 teams yes. 18 clubs i should say they've done that for a period of time they don't get a new club come into the league every day so it's not only very exciting for us and our community but but also for for the mainland Definitely. and for the big decision makers so yeah look from my perspective there's a lot of people over there um, working at AFL House, and you learn it is an industry. It is yes. a big industry, footy. Um, but the, I guess the, with structures and things, you mean like lots of structures, routine, uh, lots of people, lots yes. of people to learn and mm. know and understand. You know, hundred journalists. Yes. Um, sitting in the team, you just think about that. I mean, that we're talking, you know, a full industry, and um, I guess the the generosity that they're showing towards Tasmania and their willingness to share, to get involved, to support. Um, it's something that we absolutely should harness and we're relying on the AFL for shared services to support our organisation but also just their general enthusiasm for what we're doing and uh, none more apparent than when we recently had our community events which I think we're going to be talking about today 
And of course, the AFL came down and they were with us um, yes. for a series of those events capturing content because they know that this story is a unique story and they want to make sure that it's you know properly captured to share with the world when the time's right. What's your message been to when you've been over there and from a Tasmanian perspective? The message is um, one of get excited, firstly. Yep. Yep. Um, use this opportunity to think about things you'd like to do to do differently to innovate mm. um, because Tasmania is different and it's really important that we come into the league as Tasmania we don't need to replicate a model of another club or another place because we're our own place and so really working with the AFL team to understand that and there's no better way to do that than actually to get them here we mm. always know that right so encouraging the team to come down and we've seen a bit of that already and I had one of the uh, one of the senior staff say to me Kath I'm drinking the Tassie Kool-Aid. Um, <laughs> you're already my second club. I'm sorted. So it's those kinds of conversations, that enthusiasm and capturing their hearts and minds about our place that mm. I think will allow us not only to succeed on the field, which clearly we all want to do, but to ensure that our club is really, really well represented on the national stage. Uh, Kath, uh, I just want to say congrats on the gig. I've known you a long time and it's, it's unreal to be able to see uh, a person I grew up with become a, a figurehead, a leader of, of a sport that we all love. So c- congratulations, firstly, a huge role. Really keen to know how do you, you see, so you get the gig, how do you establish a to-do list? So you sit down morning one and you go, right, what am I going to do? Coffee sorted. What's first? So, you know, run, run us through, I guess, a, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a, a, not a timeline, but an activities list of what, what came first for you? What was the first thing you had to do in this What's role? What's on the docks, right? What's yeah, on the docks? Yeah, it's good. Thank you, um, GBZ. You know, we, we did. We grew up together. I think, you know, you playing cricket, me playing netball, and here we find ourselves having a conversation today. So um, thank you for that. And I feel totally privileged to hold this role. There is no other way to describe it. Um, and totally overwhelmed by the support of people like yourselves, of Flash, of the broader Tasmanian community, not just for me, but really for the cause. So, so thank you. Um, In terms of the to-do list, so basically when the board was established, we came together. It was a very strange uh, series of events because, of course, we didn't know who was on the board. It was a bit like a reality TV show. Mm. We found out 48 (laughs) hours before. Now, for those on the call, on on air, I guess, listening in, who have been directors, been involved with boards, you know you you don't normally go on a board where you don't know the other directors and you can't do any due diligence on the organisation. So we all obviously wanted it, but put a lot of trust in Grant O'Brien, the chair, to ensure that he'd pulled together, uh, in conjunction with the others on the selection panel, a great board that was representative of what this club needed. And I'm really proud to say that I think Grant did a, did a terrific job with that. So that was the first thing. When we got together, basically, it became really, really apparent quickly there was a lot to do. And really, the I guess, where we're at as a board, we're in an establishment phase. So the establishment phase of the club should probably take us through to the end of this calendar year, and then we'll move into an operational phase. And, and they're really quite different. What the board did really quickly was we broke into five work streams, um, you know, finance and planning, footy, fan engagement. You can imagine what mm-hmm. they were. Obviously, the fabric was rolled in there as well and the work that Jack's been leading. Those work streams come up with a list of initiatives, the things that we thought in the establishment phase that we needed to undertake and deliver. So that work had been done. When my appointment came came online in January, I took the Christmas break to write a business plan for this, this phase. So that wasn't me coming up with a list of initiatives. All of that work had already been done by the directors, which was absolutely fantastic. So first board meeting was probably about a week, been in the office for a week. The business plan had gone to the board and we ratified that. We'd also had the budget ratified, so that was great, um, but 45 actions came out of the business plan. From that, you know, standard stuff, develop a, a Gantt chart or a timeline, assign responsibility and accountability, work out how we're going to report it and off we go. So I've got a list of 45 things, some of them obviously happening now, others later in the year, but ultimately it's my responsibility to ensure as a board that we achieve those. I won't do it on my own. And that's a key message about this. I'm sitting in this role, but this is a team effort. And the team is not just the board, it's the Tasmanian community that are going to deliver this, not just the establishment phase, but the ongoing operation of this club. So 
So that's the list, I guess. Had the coffee. I've been very, <laughs> very warmly welcomed to the AFL Tasmania offices. So um, I'm on my own. I was working kind of on my dining room table. We're a startup. Well, that, that was that was actually going to be yeah. my, my my follow up question. Team of one at the moment, yeah. sole employee, effectively. <laughs> so, you know, what what next in terms of support? I mean, I know that the, there are a couple of jobs advertised, yep. and and that's exciting. So who do, who do you bring in next? What are the, what are, what are the next appointments to help you in the next phase? Yes. Yeah, so we've actually, I've got one administrative team member, Lizzie, and she's our number one draft pick. She was first online. <laughs> and Lizzie's an she's absolute lovely. machine. Yep. Uh, she's fantastic. And she's got a, a, her PD is, I'd call it very broad. It, it has that last <laughs> dot point, was it says, and any other duty as required. She basically does everything. Um, and she's been absolutely brilliant. She's got a footy background as well. So that's really helpful. So she got, play footy? Yeah, she does. She, and she's yeah. not a bad runner, actually. She's a 400-metre yeah. track runner. So okay. she likes high-performance sport. She's she's absolutely fantastic. And she'll turn her hand at anything. She just gets on with it. Just just the type of person I think we all love to be around. So so Lizzie's terrific. Um, and, of course, the board. The board have been absolutely incredible. That They are not a board that, that is not operational. Mm. There'll come a time when they won't be. But at this point in time, uh, they're all assigned within those committees or working streams that I spoke about. So they have been absolutely fantastic. And we've got a couple of contractors. We've had so many people offer to volunteer and help as well. And we've been tapping into our networks, which has been amazing. In terms of the business plan, though, there are three critical pillars to it. And I probably should have said that in the last question. Foundations, fans and facilities. So foundations are all about our organisation, setting that up. And some of that's probably, you know, for some of the listeners, maybe some of the boring governance stuff, but really, really important, particularly as we await our CEO next year. Uh, facilities, obviously working really hard to get the high performance uh, facility, you know, where it needs to be. And also the specifications and, and what we would like to see as a club around the stadium development, development as well. But fan engagement, that middle pillar is critical. And what that actually means, we'll be launching our club in March this year. We've made a commitment to the Tasmanian community that we're going to do that, and we are going to do that. So that then leads to the first two roles. And those two roles are specifically around fan engagement. So we advertised a couple of weeks ago for a marketing manager and a marketing and content coordinator to say I have been overwhelmed by the support, by the enthusiasm, by the applications, by the quality uh, would be a total understatement. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't put my phone number anywhere, but a few people managed to find it. Hunted. <laughs> You've been hunted. <laughs> it's Hobart. You've no chance. Yeah. Um, so that's been fantastic. And not just Tasmanians, but national and international. And a lot of Tasmanians wanting to come home for this opportunity, which I think is very humbling for all of us. Mm. And certainly... I think an aspiration that the club has to see Tasmanians in high quality sure. jobs come back to this place to contribute to, to what we know is going to be such an exciting stage in our journey. I think that's the exciting part of it all, isn't it? The opportunity now on a professional level for not just the footballers and the, the staff, it's the, it's the wider... I need you to stay a bit longer. Can we just have the news and have a bit more of a chat because this is too much more to cover. Let's go to the news, Brady Boy. Very quickly, we'll come back with Kath McCann shortly. Up your alley, something you would have back yeah. in the heyday a few days. Well, not, the not that your heyday is gone, in the Yeah. Not that, Kath. We're the same, same age, age so Same we're, age, we're all, we're all getting there. <laughs> hey, listen, this this tour around Tasmania, which I was lucky enough to be a small part of in some of the, some of the towns, uh, wasn't fabulous going out to the community. So, Brett, just for the people that at home that aren't aware, we went to, we went to Queenstown, uh, Wynyard, is that right? I've got Launceston, Oatlands, Scottsdale, uh, Kettering, um, what Sprayton. are we? Sprayton. St. Helens. St. Helens. Oatlands. Oatlands, yeah. Said Oatlands. But Said that's Oatlands. There were nine it of them. It was brilliant, three wasn't clinics. It? Yeah. Oh, uh, to say that was, I mean, I know we use the word humbling already, but it was joyous. It was. Yeah. Um, it it take. You know, the opportunity to, to share and to listen and to hear, it, it took us all back to the why. Yeah. The purpose. That's right. And it was just, yeah, it was a very, very incredible opportunity to engage with real Tasmanians from all across yep. this island and to learn their connection. And not just a connection to the sport of footy. I mean, that, that in itself is extraordinary. But the power of sport in community. Oh, absolutely. 
Um, and how sport can be better community, better people, can can allow communities to look after each other. And yep. I'm not just talking about footy. I'm talking about mm. you know, cricket, netball, yep. basketball, whatever it might be. Um, if you ever needed a reminder, those sessions were a mighty powerful product. And I think, too, the, the, the obvious thing to come out of it, the tonic that I took out of it, too, is the, what footy's going to do for these communities, what having our Tasmanian women's and men's teams going to do to reignite some of the passions, some of the, you know, my club at Scottsdale, Scottsdale Footy Club, um, which is, it's not going that super well, certainly in comparison to the heydays, and actually rejuvenating some of the local passion, the clubs, the clubs within the state. And that was a that was a message that I think came out loud and clear. Yeah, very strong. And Scottsdale was interesting actually, and, and every one of the sessions were unique, as as places in Tasmania are, as we know. Uh, the thing about Scottsdale that was really interesting, we had a lot of teenage, adolescent young people that turned up mm. and obviously they're doing quite well through the junior ranks and I love the fact that the president of Bridport you were talking about yes. sorry so the, the president of um, Georgetown who lived in Bridport also came across and said why don't you come into my town and that's the stuff we love yes. this thirst to get involved to be a part of it and, and ultimately to benefit not only their club but their community and yes I absolutely agree the level of enthusiasm from from the clubs around what this if you like halo club can do and how that can create growth in the game through to the grassroots um it was definitely palpable kath is you know as part of that road show um and, and it's great to hear that the key messages from that have been around community and enhancement and uh opportunity and you know re- rebuilding footy in a sense to actually provide healthy communities is a it's a it's a cool thing to come from those road shows and, and this is potentially a bit of an AFL Taz question, but when you look at the, the local landscape and participation, and footy's been dying, uh, and not even slowly, it's 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 been dying quite quickly in terms of Hobart on its knees, Claremont in in recent times. Um, I'm talking the last few weeks, or you know, in crisis, uh, Glenorchy have really struggled. You know, some of these inner city teams, not just the regional teams, inner city teams are really struggling for numbers and, 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 and engagement. Do, do you feel as a part of the, the roadshow, the messaging is that, that this will be the fix? This is going to fix footy broadly throughout Tasmania and, and, and reignite participation for you know these inner city teams that have been struggling? Yeah, well, certainly um, one thing I would do is shout out to AFL Tasmania because they joined us on all of the roadshows. And in fact, they probably had five or six staff from on the ground in each community come along. And I think it would be fair to say, it could even be an understatement to say they are jumping out of their skin mm. to be involved and to support and work in partnership. So we're in a unique situation again in so much that as the only state club in the league, the AFL Tasmania state entity, we can work together. Not We're not competing with multiple clubs like other states across the country are. So, so that's very fortunate. And Gilly and the team have just been incredible. Um, certainly from their perspective, they want to see growth in the game and the aspiration around the club uh, and, and particularly the AFLW and AFL men's team, what that will do for grassroots participation coming through is something that we're all forecasting. We'll see a, a re, mm. reignite, re, reignition um, of the game. Um, we're seeing that enthusiasm and already AFL Tasmania have told me and, and the data would suggest absolutely is the case that since the announcement of the licence back early last year that they've seen some good growth coming through those junior ranks. Of course, there's work to do in those more senior and, you know, Clubs like Glenorchy, clubs like Claremont, you know, the last thing we want to do is see them struggling for mm. numbers. So how do we make sure, and this is a challenge for the club and for AFL TAS, but how do we make sure that every club benefits from this club? And I mean every club in the state in those regions because if we miss that opportunity, it, it would be a missed opportunity mm. and we'd be crazy to let that happen. So certainly something we're focused mm. on. Just before we let you go... Um the name. When's that happening? Can you, yeah. Is there an exclusive there you can give us? Where do we get a... So we're going to be launching the club in March. Yep. That's happening. And so we're going to know it's going to be the Tasmanian whatever What's it is. What's going to happen in March, we're going to find out the name, the colours, wow. the foundation jumper and the logo Yes. and foundation membership. So Exciting. all of that is going to happen. And what I would say is over 6,000 Tasmanians completed the survey and the community forums gave us some pretty, pretty clear direction. So I'm pretty excited 
and hopefully <laughs> we, we've nailed it for the Tasmanian people. Kath, but just before we let you go, it, it would be a shame for us not to talk about your time as a netballer uh, through the Crips Waratah days because people people will see you and you know as a as a Tasmanian leader now, you, you're a high performance athlete yourself, <laughs> and you know those Crips Waratah days with you, the machine in the middle. Uh, you were part of four straight flags. That team won five in a row, member of the Hall of Fame. T- tell us really quickly about those days and, you know, I guess your involvement in high-performance sport as a, as, a, as a key member of that team. Look, I think you've probably overstated my capability a bit. Uh, Absolutely I, not. What I, would I was say, there. <laughs> what I would say is are some of the greatest times in my life. Team sport, there is Best. nothing that can replicate. Mm, nope. Winning, losing... FaceTiming each other at training, good times, bad times, hard. nothing. Nothing beats it. We've all worked in organisations with people that don't play team sport and we can pick them. So <laughs> those days were some of the best days of, and still my best girlfriends today and I feel very, very grateful for that time. But the other thing I'd say is the way I'd define my netball career is I was a great team player. Yeah. A great team Still player are, surrounded clearly. by some outstanding athletes. <laughs> you know, Amber Large, Amber, all their maiden names, Amber Zelinsky, Fiona Gapen, you know, I mean, I was wing attack mate, but she was in the middle giving me the ball. Emma Williams, you know, the extraordinary athletes, Christy Fole, Kelly Bowring, you know. All still great mates of mine. Beck Wade, there's a few names in mm, there that, mm. you know, synonymous with other sports in Tasmania. So, um, yeah, a great time in my life to be inducted into the Hall of Fame as a team. Mm. Nothing can beat that. Um, last year, we had the opportunity to head up to the Netball Tasmania event. And I think over all those flags, maybe 30 of us turned up to the event. And it was literally, it was like we had not missed a beat. Um, <laughs> we wrote, the conversations have changed a little bit, a little bit more age-relevant um, conversations. But the connections, the fun, the good times, yeah, it just lives on forever. So I'm very, very grateful for that yeah, time. Brilliant. Kath McCann, thanks so much for joining. Your passion is it's energy for us all. It's great. I've enjoyed working with you in the small bit of recent times and can't wait to march. There's the, the Ladies' Day coming on as well. Daisy Pierce is in town. Plenty of stuff happening. Very exciting. Good to have, us, good to have you with us. Thanks, team. This is Saturdays in Tassie with David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves. Great to have you with us coming live from Choices Florida in Hobart. All thanks to Harrison Agents to buy, sell or rent in Tasmania. Search Harrison Agents today. Brett, I know you're a huge round ball fan. The Socceroos crashed out of the Asian Cup last night in the quarterfinal, losing 2-1 to South Korea. I normally would get up and watch this in the middle of the night, but I didn't. But I watched the highlight package. They led 1-0 into the 95th minute, which is five minutes into stoppage time. And then a penalty was conceded by Lewis Miller, I think it was. And then Sun Hyo Min, the star from South Korea, put one in the back of the net in extra time to win 2-1. It was a heartbreaking loss to the Socceroos, who miss out on the semi-finals. Big hour coming up. Mark Radford, we're going to talk hoops, which is in your happy space. I know that for sure. Mark Radford coming up. Jack Jumpers News. What's happening with Will Magne? That's what I ought to know. From those ribs, are they broken? Are they cracked? Are they bruised? Let's hope they're okay. This is Saturdays in Tassie with David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves. to have you with us, David Lithgow, Brett Jeeves, with you second hour, Saturdays in Tasmania. So much sport to talk about, but none more on the top of the agenda, Brett Jeeves, for you and I than the NBL. Great to have one of the greater minds, or the better minds, I should say, in basketball in this state. Mark Radford's joined us, former Rosary coach from memory. Good morning to you, Mark. Good morning, Dave. How are you doing? Well, you know I like the local footy, and every time I see you, I'm more interested in talking about the old days uh, on the gravel down the coast, of course. Yeah, I was going to say, if you, if, you, if you coached at Rosebury, you were, a, you were a feature on the gravel. Tell us about that up front. Well, that was Queenstown with the gravel. I, yeah, I, but that um, would have been in the same comp. Get... Uh, no, not when I was there. The, ah. uh, the Rosebury Torak Hawks played in the um, NWFA. Wow. Yes, so, okay. yeah. 
few years past it, sadly, weren't you? A little so, bit in terms of the, that late 80s sort of start of the 90s time when it was still happening down there with the, with the, with the old division. Um, let's talk hoops, mate. Firstly, Definitely. on top of everyone's <laughs> list, um, how's Will Magne from the other day? I think he's okay. Um, That's good. I saw it, obviously, at the airport yesterday when we left, he was you know, still a bit tender, but I think I think he's okay, and we'll see him here in about half an hour on the floor and um, get through this morning's practice. And but I think he'll be okay for tomorrow. Fantastic news because it was a brutal hit. Look, McCall, Brett and I were talking about before the show today. He's he's not a huge man by any stretch of the imagination, but he's one of those sort of wiry dudes. But he's made of steel and. It's a bit of an old-fashioned old hip and shoulder in footy terms that you can remember really well. It, it did look a little bit like that. Um, yeah. Tajir is like 6'5", so he's not little. No. Um, <laughs> and I he, did and try he, and tell David was, that. <laughs> yeah, he's coming, he's coming at a, a, a good pace. So, no, he certainly, certainly got him um, unexpectedly and yeah, Mags paid the price for it on the night and... Wasn't able to come back on the floor, but uh, you know, tomorrow's a new day in Adelaide at my oh. State Bank Arena. Mark, how, how important is Will to your to your setup? You know, in, in, in terms of you know the value he has to you defensively, and, and we've seen some uh, some offensive bursts from 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 him as well. What, how, you know, in terms of your aspirations to, to win it all, how, how important is Will Magne to you? Oh, I think he's huge. I think it's it's evident if you watch the jack jumpers on a regular basis that the uh, the fear factor that Will puts into the opposition from a defensive standpoint that allows us to get up the floor and and press and be a lot more disruptive, knowing that we've got him behind us, and that's um, you know, certainly a factor of us turning teams over and being able to play the way we want to play defensively. And, I think in the last month, six weeks, from an offensive standpoint, his game has really grown and his confidence has grown. And his uh, his game is in its infancy in my eyes. Uh, you know, he's 26 years old. He's, he's got a lot of basketball left in front of him in terms of his development um, because he has had some injuries. And I think we're starting to see that now. And his confidence is growing. And when you've got a confident Will Magne, um you'll have a very confident Jack Jumpers basketball team. While, while we're talking defence, there was, there was, a, there was a, a passage of play last night. Patrick Miller got the ball in the low post and uh, he had Jordan Crawford uh, defending him. He tried to back Crawford down and, and didn't move Crawford one inch. Um, well, yeah, and whilst Crawford is 5'6", is, five, six, is there, you know, in terms of the, the perception of someone's 5'6 point guard that defensively they might struggle... Jordan Crawford is obviously an awful lot stronger than, than, than people give him credit for because Patrick Miller is a, is a complete bulldozer and he did not move Crawford at all. Is that, you know, like, give us a bit of insight into Crawford and, and exactly how strong he is and the impact he has for you defensively. Well, I think in, um, in boxer terms, pound for pound, like, mm. he's very strong. You know, when, when you're out on the floor doing individuals with him and you, he gets hit with the bag and that, like... You feel he's hit. So mm. he's, the other part of his toughness is his internal toughness. Like when he gets gritty and he gets into the ball and full court, he causes some real problems. And, you know, Miller tried to take him into the post early the other night and we were like, we're just going to leave Crawford on his own for, for now for one-on-one and let him battle it out. And I think they ended up going away from that. It wasn't a, a formula mm. that could be repeated, you know, during the course of the whole night. And, you know, I... As I've said right from the start, Jordan Crawford's been five six for his whole professional career. He's learned some tricks, <laughs> and he hasn't survived and thrived in um, elite competition by not figuring that stuff out. And he's done yeah. that, and um, you know he, he's been awesome for us. Uh, on the offensive end, and, and look, it'd be anyone that follows basketball would have and watched over the last month have seen the challenges that you have had, and and both the imports of quite frankly been a bit inefficient and haven't had their haven't had their form and I noticed a little bit of a turnaround a week and a half ago with Jordan when he looked to slightly get his confidence back in terms of pressing the trigger rolling around a curl going up strong 
that was back in full spades. Milton still working on the offensive end, but there must be a real bit of optimism underneath the struggles you've had the last month that if they can both just get going over this last five or six weeks, there's huge upside there, isn't there? Yeah, no doubt. I think um, I think everybody that's watched this is, is like, why can't we have both of these guys going at full tilt at the same time? And it's sometimes that's difficult to have a... Sh- you know, essentially, Jordan is a, a scoring guard um, that, that brings the ball up. You know, he's traditionally been a, a high-level scorer in every competition he's played in. And, and Milt's our shooting guard and not really a point guard, even though now and again he will carry the ball. So to find that balance um, is, is, has been difficult for us. And I've had some great conversations um, over the last month about how they can continue to grow their synergy and... I think we saw it the other night, like Milt was outstanding. I think he finished the game with seven or eight assists. He has the ability to get in the paint and kick it out. We've made some adjustments offensively with our system that enables both of them to be able to um, connect a little bit better. Um, so I'd like to think that going forward, that, and it has to be um, going forward because we've got very little time left in this, this season that, we can get the best out of those two guys more consistently. Mate, um, I mean, one, one of the things that I think people, you know, I'm a fan engagement, I come to the games and you can hear you know, smutterings from, from people and, you know, particularly around Milton in the last period, you know, that he, that he hasn't been as engaged or he hasn't been as sharp. And, and to me, it's kind of obvious, right? I mean, the guy lost his dad um, and, 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 what you know? What a horrible scenario for him to have gone through that, and you know he's gone home and he's been grieving, and you know to to come back and be here is is something special in itself. It was always going to take him some time to reacclimatize and, and refine that 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 aggression and that sharpness. I, I guess you know. I mean, is that is that something that that, that obviously you guys are mindful of and, and continue to, to to work with him on? I mean, he, he's a, he's a grieving son. Um, is 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 kind of the reality of it, and you know, what a horrible scenario for him. Yeah, I think um, I think there's a whole lot of different scenarios plays out. I think Milt Doyle's year is probably a little bit like the Jack Jumpers. You know, the first year we were new and we were a bit of a surprise for everybody, and um, you know we had some outstanding um, success. Milt Doyle last year was not a surprise to us, but like he hadn't played in Australia. He'd played in Europe for a long period of time, G League. So he comes into the league and he's new and. Um, has an outstanding year. So the second year he comes back, he has to deal with all those things now that are not new. And all of a sudden, he's the number one guy on the scout every week. And people are looking to know how important he is to us. They start to take his his strengths away. And then he's got to work through that. Um, all at the same time, learning to play with a, another scoring guard from that standpoint. Then we have Will Magnate come back into the group and he demands the ball a little bit more in the post, which is good for us. So then he's dealing with that. And then obviously the the stuff, um, unfortunate passing of his father, then he's going to go back in the middle of the season and come back and reacclimatise. So there's a whole lot of factors play into a player's performance. And one thing that I do know is Milt's a proud man. He's, he's a very introverted type of guy, even... On, on his best days, but he is a jack jumper and he loves his club and he loves to win and um, he's been very vocal in our meetings and at practice um, of late and I think I think that we've seen over the last couple of games a different Milt Doyle and you know, again tomorrow he'll be the number one guy in the scouting report and he's going to have to deal with some stuff with Adelaide and um, then South East and then Perth and it just doesn't get easy. And it's very difficult to be up all the time. I think we saw that with Bryce Cotton at the start of the year when Perth were having their issues. Arguably the best player that we've ever seen is having one of his lowest productive years. And it's it's turned out okay for him. He's turned it around and so did Perth. And, um, you know, through all the adversity that Milt's had, and um, that's part of team adversity, you know, right now we're sitting in um, third spot and we're in a good position for this season to to attack the rest of it. That's the beauty of it too, isn't it? It's amidst the, all the struggles, everyone else has been beating everybody else 
And the Adelaide story is quite remarkable. The last time you played them at home, it was a 30-something point shellacking. Uh, CJ Bruton got sacked within the week. Um, this is a different Adelaide 36ers rolling up tomorrow afternoon at my state. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, they come off a good win last night against Sydney. Um, they have Trey Kill probably in the best form that he's been in since he's been in the competition. And they have a, a young guy. I still call him young, maybe because I'm getting old, is, is DJ Vasilovic. And he he's brings awesome. a level of confidence to any team that he's playing with. Um, I had DJ at the World Junior Games team and he brought a level of confidence to that group that was you know, unmatched. And he, he, you can feel that with him, with the Adelaide group, that, that he brings that confidence and swagger and um, that permeates through the group. And, you know, they've been uh, on a little roll and they're going to come in tomorrow thinking that, you know, that they're in um, a good position to, to get the win. And, you know, rightly so. And then on the other side, we've got to bring our best because we can really set our season up with tomorrow's game. Just before we let you go, mate, I just, uh, I've chatted to you about this before and Brett and I mentioned it at the top of the show. I noticed the latest under-18 teams that have come out and you're a proud Northwest Coaster. And again, the under-18 boys, the girls to a slightly lesser extent, I counted eight boys on the Northwest Coast, six from Launceston and two from Hobart. What is in the basketball water down at Alveston Penguin, Devonport, Somerset, Wynyard Way. You know it better than anybody. And Bernie. And, but don't forget Bernie. I'm Sorry, Bernie. forgive me. Somerset. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the Northwest Coast, I, I describe it like this, is what else is there to do but sport? Yeah. <laughs> um, My girls live there, mate, I know. Fight, punt and play basketball. <laughs> That's right. You, you, you grow up, you play basketball, football, cricket, netball. You know, and then what do you do over the weekend? Well, you go and watch the kids play, and then the Super. kids go and watch their parents play, and then Tuesday nights the the uh, and the Friday nights the NWBU basketball. Well, you're not doing anything in Burnie on a Tuesday or Friday night, so you might as well go to the basketball. And I think every <laughs> other small town is like that. And I, that to me is what it is. It's the community connection. It's it's very identifiable. I belong to Penguin or I belong to Devonport. Yes. And it's why people might think that's a weakness. It's actually a strength of the Northwest that you are connected to your community. And that's what I believe drives the, the sporting growth. And um, and the basketball, obviously, the, the kids have been the benefit of that and had strong representation with state teams. And um, you know, you look at our under-20s away now, you know, doing really well and led by Savage and Furphy and obviously um, Brewer from, from Launceston. So they head into a semi-final today. They do. Brilliant, isn't it? Massive day against Queensland. So hopefully they get that win and challenge for one of those rare silver gold medal games. Fantastic opportunity. Great to have you with us, mate. Look forward to seeing you out there tomorrow. And amidst all the drama the last month or six weeks of lots of losses, not as many Ws, you find yourself in a pretty good position still. See you tomorrow. Good luck against the 36ers. Good on you, mate. Always good to chat. Cheers, fellas. See you, mate. Mark Radford joining us this morning. Jake Weatherald from the Tassie Tigers coming up after the break. Stay with us. Tell you what, it's a beautiful weekend as well. Top of 27 today. I'm not going to talk about beaches again, Brett, but I reckon I'm going to go down to South Arm and just have a dip down there in the beautiful South Arm, which you did live there for a little while from, from memory, just a bit far to go back into work for you, I reckon. I cried when we left South Arm. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. Be- like, it's far enough away from everyone that no one will come and visit Mate, you. stop talking about beaches. I didn't say beach. <laughs> I just, I'm talking about avoiding people. Yeah. <laughs> it's my favourite topic. I was just checking that ladder, just to give you an idea with the Tigers. Um, that is a monster game today. They're sitting on uh, 29.77 points on top. WA at 28.22. Victoria 26.12. Then there's a gap to New South Wales on 21. The Redbacks on 21 and Queensland on 15 on the bottom of the ladder. So they get a good chance against what is the bottom team uh, now 
to make things very, very challenging for the other teams to overtake. They're, they're, what a position to be in with only four games left to go on top. It's all they there before the same you. position last year. Not quite, but almost. They were second, I reckon. Yeah. And they I, let I it think, go. I think one of the challenges, obviously, for this particular game, the Gabba's never a happy hunting ground for Tassie teams. No. Historically, really. a real problem. Yep. Um, and particularly uh, without a... a um, what oh, I, quick, what, quick. Yeah, what, what I feel to be their, their strike bowler. So, Neil Smith is out um, injured. Yes. Uh, and Matty Wade is also out of the team. He's resting so for, who for plays? the T20. So, what duty. I need so, to know. Yeah, so they've, they've got Stanlake, uh, Billy Stanlake, Sam Rain, Rainbird, and Carlisle in the team. I, I'd be... It's kind of last chance draw for Billy Stanley. Someone whispered I think. that to me that I think Billy's playing, which I said, you, you serious? Well, I think, said, yep. I mean, that, they, they brought him down and, and spruiked it as a, as him being a Red Bull contributor. Yes. And, and he's, you know, coming move. back from injury, it's been difficult for him. He's a big dude and bowling fast is, is hard when you're that big and you try and deliver it as quick as you do as Billy Stanley. Like, yeah, I, I kind of feel like this is last chance draw for Billy from a, from a Red Bull perspective. I, I think his contract is up at the end of this year. Yep. So he'd be want to he'd want to be impacting. Uh, He's playing from a contract for his professional career, not professional career. I think Red Bull career, um, because there, there, there's always going to be white ball opportunities for him all over but the is world. T twenty wise, yeah, oh, absolutely. When was his last time he contributed in that sort of form of the game? Mate, Three years ago. Mate, six foot seven and bowls 145 k's an hour. Like people are going to sign him on the prospect yep. that no, no. Uh, yep. that he gets fit. I get all that, which is what Tazzy did. Um, so I'd, I'd be running with Stanlake. And ahead like of Ian Carlisle. Ahead of Carlisle and Rainbird, yeah. yeah. Unless they're using a juke ball and then Sam Rainbird is first picked <laughs> in international <laughs> cricket. Like that man bowls a juke ball like no one else. His, his stats with a juke. Swings it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, complete genius with a juke ball. But no, Stanlake for me and, and, and Matty Wade missing from any Tasmanian team is a, is a huge loss. We know what he brings, uh, skill, toughness, um, and, you know, a, a, a winning mentality. Um, no, Xavier so Bartlett's Replacing him will be, a, will be a problem. So Queensland without Bartlett, so that's a bit of an out. I can still see Michael Neese's name there, who's... I still think he's the best first-class cricketer in the country. Yeah, he's Joe a, Burns. What Pearson. about his, his catch in the BBL final? I mean, that was incredible. Did you see that? That I was did. absolutely stunning. You what? know, pe- people talk about John Dyson's catch. Uh, that that was a catch. That was a hell catch. of a catch. But absolutely, th- that catch of Michael Neese's to oh. to you know the, with the rope so close, and for him to be able to catch it and contort his body within. Three centimeters of the line. I mean, that <laughs> was, was something else. He's a, he's a, he's a very natural athlete, Michael Nisa. But yeah, huge, huge game for the Tigers. And then uh, from a cricket perspective as well, congrats to Elise, Elise Villani for being yes. the domestic player of the year. I think for the 455th year in a row. Boy, in saying that, it was the third year in a row. But she just continues to to smack them. So the, congrats, Elise. The, the Tassie. Tassie girls losing the other day. It's almost a shock when they ever get beat in a really tight game. They still find themselves on top of the ladder, and they do have a game up on most teams, except Western Australia. They both played nines. Pretty tight at the top in that as well. The Tigers on top on 34 points. The Fire, 31. The Western Australia women, 28. And the Victoria women, 28. That's where it ends. Um, But there's still, what is it? One, two, three. I think there's still three... Yes, three games to go. So they're very much in a good position. So Tassie Cricket heading in the right direction. A big couple of weeks coming up for the men and the women indeed. We're going to turn to Thurib. Yes, you're going to go? Oh, I was just going to ask about the the, the, the women's Hurricanes team. So, you know, we're know. hunting the, the WNCL trophy for the third year in a row. So we obviously have a... a dynasty. Yeah, and a, lot of, and a lot of those girls are in the Hurricanes squad. So is it, a, is it an import thing for the, sure. the Hurricanes Amazing, girls? It's it? similar to the men, I guess. It's, you know, you've got to be able to complement your, your foundation players yep. um, with, you know, quality people, people that fit and, and obviously skill set. So... Getting that right is is the challenge on on both ends for the for the Hurricanes. We'll go to a break. I'm nervous about Queensland for the men today. They're on bottom, but there's too many good players there well, to the take Gabba, the Gabba kills to us. take it to, for granted. David Lithgow, Brett Jeeves coming up. We're going to talk some. Ha- ha- spit it out, David. What are we talking? Horse racing right. after the break. This is Saturdays in Tassie with David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves.
just they what a, on the heater what this a, morning. What a collection of noise. Brilliant collection of noise. Mm. Brent Crawford coming up from the Tasmanian Turf Clubs shortly. Look, big news in, in the harness racing world last night, of course, when Ben Yole, of course, with the, all the allegations at the moment with um, horse abuse and racing fixing, etc. All these horses pulled out of that. Incredible. So there was, right, there was, I think it was one race with two horses. Well, you, I mean, you, you, you follow the, the, the racing an awful lot more than me like at, at, at what level is this david and and well, what and, and what impact to racing in tasmania oh look uh, it, well in harness racing terms mm, mm. um well i look it's significant because he obviously controls so much of the, the 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 horses turning up to launceston on a friday night how about on sunday night whatever it is to so they've got a lot of work to do but it does sound like it's a good thing in terms of now getting this sorted He'll cop the wrath of it, which is clearly going to be significant, mm. and then the harness racing world can move on because it's listening to the other trainers mm. that have, you know, their welfare and their jobs and and what have you that really concerns me. Um, you know, we're going to stay across this topic. It's such an important thing to get right, and it does feel like Taz Racing is really getting this sorted, which is the most important thing. But yeah, amazing scenes last night, of course, seeing the. Golly, you know the the the, the race is absolutely stripped bare. Mm. Um, anyway, it's 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 an interesting one. They've they've certainly got to get some things sorted, and I believe they will. My understanding is talking to some people in the last twenty four hours. You know, people think this is a good thing. Well, the, if you if you if you're listening and you, and you want more information, Chris Rowbottom at, at ABC News and a, and a collection of reporters wrote. Uh, a, a damning um, expose on on this particular uh, on on this particular happening. So uh, jump online and, and check that out. To me. Some terrific work from the crew, Chris Robottom and, and, and the ABC. It's um, geez, I mean, it's it's set the industry back. You know, harness in particular, an, an awful long way. So yeah, you know, we can only hope that it's for the, for the good for, for the good sure uh, of the industry and. Yep. Uh, what what will be will be there. It will be, and it's a good thing, and they can they can move forward. I think now we can talk with Brent Crawford from the Tasmanian Turf Club in Launceston has joined us. Good morning to you, Brent. Good morning, guys. How are you going? Great to have you with us, mate. How's uh, sunny Launceston? Are you up that way this morning? Yeah, it's an absolutely beautiful day. Um, Festival is on at the moment as well, so uh, all systems going Launceston. Looking really forward to the opening day of the carnival tomorrow. <coughs> Excuse me. Very, very, very exciting indeed. The Magic Millions Day, of course, tomorrow. Um, it does feel like we're in the full swing of what is a brilliant carnival headline, of course, by the Lonnie Cup on the 26th of Feb. Yeah, we certainly are. Opening day um, tomorrow. Um, of course, we've got Oaks Day on the 25th of, uh, <coughs> excuse me, of February and uh, Launceston Cup on the 20th of Feb. Really good racing tomorrow. Um, the Magic Millions two-year-old, is a really good race. Miss Tasmania probably looks the one to be there. Uh, the three and four-year-old is a good race as well, Dior Star, and <clears throat> excuse me, and the Citizen Cup, also another good race on the program. So we're really looking forward to a good day. The weather's going to be terrific and uh, should be a really strong program. Brent, uh, Lonnie Cup, 26. Whenever I hear Lonnie Cup, my, I get shivers on the back you of my neck. You went back in the back of the day, Shivers on the back of my neck in about 2002. The, the event was, it used to be something else. And, you know, back in the day, the people um, carrying shopping trolleys full of vodka into the into the venue. And then, you know, you'd walk past the same shopping trolley. There'd be three people asleep in it on the way out. Uh, those those are no longer the happenings of the Launceston Cup, I hope. Probably, thank goodness. <laughs> Probably not now, but it's certainly good. the jewel in the crown when it comes Isn't to the main race. Yeah, you know, like a really strong program, great support program on there as well. And Yeah, we're looking forward to a big day. The bookings have been really strong. Now that we're out of COVID, um, I think it's going to be a really successful day. I'm super excited. I haven't been up for uh, probably 10 years, actually, personally. I'm going to be heading up to the Lonnie Cup this year. It is the number one day on the Tassie calendar, as far as I can tell. Um, just looking forward to the Cup. Brent, um, with what about the mainlanders that are potentially going to hit the shores? Are you getting a bit of mail and a bit of feel for what sort of quality we're going to have in Tasmania for the two cups? Yeah, I've spoken to a few trainers. Of course, Paddy Payne will have the favourite in the Hobart Cup next, so I'm sure that will head our way. 
I spoke to Lindsay Smith, Tony McAvoy. I think they've got a couple of runners. So I think we'll have Fantastic. a really strong hand from the mainlanders. And, um, yeah, and you know, we've got some good locals here as well. But, you know, we rely on the mainlanders, and I think we'll have strong support from them, as always. Craig Newitt, what, what do we think Froggy's going to get this year? How many Lonnie Cups? I reckon he's ridden, I'm guessing here, so I shouldn't do this. He's maybe ridden four Lonnie Cups. I was going to say probably two or three. He's, uh, he's four won eight Hobart Devon Cups. cups. Eight Devonport Cups is amazing. Yeah. Yep, three. He's... I was just going to say, he's in absolutely scintillating form at the moment too. So, you know, whatever he's on will certainly be very hard to beat. And now, you've, now just let's just take your working hat off back to your owner's cap on um just before we let you go over the magic millions on sunday um let's just give us a bit of mail tell us about what you've got you've got going on yeah i've got a very small share in a horse in race one called sienna's wolf tomorrow she's a full sister to alpine wolf she's tried nearly she's tried really nicely but she's drawn barrier 15 which is a bit of a concern and i think whatever she does tomorrow she'll certainly improve on all right i'm just gonna barrier 15 what, what what's what's the track brent yeah, so uh, the track will be a good four, but we've certainly got the visitors draw out in barrier 15, so she'll need a bit of luck there. But, um, you know, she, she goes nice, and uh, I'm sure she'll, she'll, she'll acquit herself very well. she have to start in Mowbray, by the sounds of it, like down <laughs> at the KFC there. Yeah, no, yeah exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, she'll be out on Elfin Road. <laughs> yeah, God, that's, she's so wide. Uh, Brent, good luck. good luck to you, mate. I'm gonna, I've just sort of put a big circle around Sienna Wolf. And maybe Thank I can you. look forward to running to you up for the Ladbroke Summer Racing Festival, which is really close. The Lonnie and Hobart Cups, the, the two jewels in the crown. Have a great day tomorrow and good luck with Sienna Wolf. Thanks, guys. Thank you much and all the very best. Frank Crawford from the Tasmanian Turf Club. Join us this morning, Tas Racing Update. Big races in fantastic places down in Tasmania.